Welcome to our latest episode of Encounter with God Together. It's really great to have Whitney Cunningham, our president emeritus, uh, with us this morning. Whitney, uh, it's just been a little bit of time since you were here in Valley Forge doing the Encounter with God evening that we had with the LAMP Award. And uh, it was great to have you then and good to see you now. Yeah, that was a great evening. Uh, and by the way, welcome, Gail. It's good to be here again on the Encounter with God Together. But that was a fun evening for me because, you know, it's just a lot of people from the Scripture Union community getting together. And, you know, it was fun for me to be able to speak again for SU. But I know the reason why everybody came is because you had so much dessert. That uh, <laughs> that was it, yeah. You had a smorgasbord <laughs> of dessert, so everybody really liked it. But uh it reminded me once again, though, just being together like that, sort of one of the strengths that I always appreciated about uh, Scripture Union, and that is, you know, the Scripture Union community is all over the map, you know, different denominations, you know, male, female, you know, uh, different races, you know, probably even different politics. But we have this one core thing that we hold in common, and that is we we get up and at some point every day we really reflect and meditate on the same passage of scripture. And that's sort of like the center point. And it's really our strength. And so it was fun just to be with a really diverse group of dessert eaters. <laughs> and uh, but but know that we have that really core commitment together. And I've I've often thought, boy, shouldn't that be our prayer for the church? Yes. You know, that that, you know, that of all the differences that we have, we have this core commitment to God's word. That that really, I guess, is the prayer that SU has for the church. But uh, anyways, it was fun to be together. It was good to see you again. Yeah, thank you, Whitney. It was great to have you. I got a lot of feedback that uh, people really enjoyed your, your message and were really challenged and encouraged by it, uh, which is a good combination. And we are actually going to be doing a couple of these uh, throughout the next year in various areas where we have a community of, of readers. So so stay tuned. We'll tell you more about that uh, as we go along. So looking forward to that. So Whitney, why don't uh, I pray for you uh, now, and then we'll get into next week's um, or this week's uh, passages. Okay. Okay. Father, thank you for Whitney. Thank you for his message of um, the impact on our lives when we read your word and meditate on it and reflect on it and apply it. And that's what we want to do here today and this week as we go through the various readings in the Encounter with God um, reading plan. And I pray that you give Whitney uh, words to share with us that will encourage us as we go through the week, thinking about the story of Joseph. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So you get one of my favorite stories. Uh, yeah today, the story of Joseph, and I'm sure you have some good things to to give us. Sure. Well, uh, let's think about it a little bit. Um, yeah, the story of Joseph is, um, you know, it's just one of those great uh, stories in the Bible. And actually, as we've been moving through uh, an encounter with God, we've been thinking about reading about the patriarchs, you know, so Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, we've been making our way through, and it's sort of you know, the sort of the first family of the Bible, as it were. Uh, but then we come to this story this week of Joseph, and it's always, you know, struck me, why did, you know, Joseph get so much airtime? So if you do the math, it's, yeah. it, it gets 14 chapters, and it's a continuous narrative. It doesn't kind of jump around like it sort of does with the other patriarchs. 
there's something about the story of Joseph uh, mm. that that there's a lot in there for us. The Bible really emphasizes this story in the Old Testament. And I've often thought, you know, uh, one of the maybe it's just because it's a compelling story. You know, mm. um, I, I was thinking, you know, as I reflected on it, you could make a really great TV minis- miniseries out of this, you know, because you have the the grand opening scene with the, you know, the coat of many colors. And then, you know, you have the conflict and the, you know, the scheming brothers and that sets up the plot for the rest. Then you've got sort of the R rated scene, you know, with Potiphar's wife and all that stuff. And then the spooky things in prison, you you know, we go through all that. And then of course the dramatic rise to power and the tearjerker at the end, you know, the emotional, yeah. you know, the reconciliation with the brothers. But even, even then, uh, you know, you turn the page first first chapter in Exodus, and it's that famous uh, verse where, you know, a new king arose, which knew not Joseph, and it kind of sets up the the next villain and the next drama. So it's really a it's a really compelling story, uh, this story of Joseph. Uh, but the thing I wanted to just mention or just kind of reflect on together as a as an SU community or Encounter with God community is. The, the, the problem with, a, with a, a passage or a story in the Bible that's so familiar with us is we, it's like I've watched that show before. I know what happens. You know, I yeah. know the plot. I, oh, I, I love it when, you know, Joseph throws his arm around his brother, all that kind of stuff. We, we know what's coming. But we're so familiar that we miss some of the other storylines that, uh, that are woven into this. And I think perhaps... That's why this story of Joseph is is so important for us, because it's not just the story of one person. There's at least three other storylines. And let me just trace them out real quick so we can uh, think about it. Uh, The first storyline is actually this is not the story of a person only. It's the story of a family. So beginning Mm. in verse, I mean, chapter 37 um, if you, I'll, I'll, I was, uh, I like the way the contemporary English version says it in uh, 37 chapter one, the very first verse of what we're about to read. It says, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan where his father Isaac had lived. And this is the story of his family. Oh. So it actually identifies itself not as the story of a person. This is the story of a family. And you know, I don't know about you, Gail, but when I read this, I mean, it's like, okay, it's the Bible, but this is a dysfunctional family. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a lot of problems. And, um, and you know, it's like in the beginning, you know, Joseph is really an arrogant teenager. The father is overly tolerant and favors him. And if you read in, in chapter 37, count the number of times you see the word hate. The brothers hated, hated, hated. Those are bad things in a family. (laughs) Right. Dynamics in a family. And so, you know, this story in the Bible that gets so much airtime is actually the story of a dysfunctional family. Hmm. And it just occurred to me as we read through this, maybe the, excuse me, the question we need to ask is, what are the patterns in your family? You know, what are, what are the, just think of your own family, you know, might be spread around the country. You might, you know, not be as in touch with your family, or maybe your family is really close, whatever. 
But what are the patterns that are or were in your family and how have they affected you today? When we read what happened to Joseph, we read some of these dynamics that happened at the early days of the family are still living with them 14 chapters later. And um, it might be something to think about as, as we as, a, as an SU community, you know, we're, we're all coming up to Thanksgiving, you know, in just a couple of weeks. And a lot of us, you know, will be with our families uh, if, if they're close enough or whatever. And, you know, maybe the prayer is, Lord, make me aware of the patterns in my family, good and bad. Mm. And how can I be an influence? How can I reconcile or or love or appreciate whatever? So it just seems like that storyline is important for us as we read through Joseph. There's a second storyline in here, and it's the story of a changed life. Mm. So when, you know, when we first meet uh, Joseph, would you ever believe that he could become the person um, that he does by chapter 50? You know, and I know that's a couple of weeks out and, and our readings only take us sort of halfway through to chapter 42. But, you know, uh, as Christians, we love the story of a changed life. We do. You know, we, we love, you know, it's like, oh, just give me another good changed life story. And often without realizing it, when we say a changed life story, we mean a story of conversion. You know, it's, it's, uh, we, we want a, another contemporary Damascus Road story, you know, where, you know, like the Apostle Paul, I was living, I was doing all the wrong things, and I was really running away from God and doing bad. But then I saw the light, and now, you know, everything, I was converted. I, I accepted Christ as my Savior. And usually when we say a changed life story, that's what we mean. And, and the truth is, that's the heart of a changed life, is a changed heart uh, because of our commitment to Christ. But this is a changed life story, and, and it's the story of a life that changes over a lifetime. Mm. You know, so would anybody, would, you know, just think back on, well, I won't say it to you. Think of me. Well, I think back on my life when I was 17, 17 years old, which is, you know, when we meet, you know, Joseph, he's a teenager. Would anybody, would anybody uh know what I would become all these many years later? And would anybody believe that I could be something different or any of us? And yeah. so the question is not just, have I committed my life to Jesus? You know, so the heart of a changed life story. The real question is, am I becoming more like Jesus as I go through my life? Mm. And and there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of potholes in that story. Uh, but that is the story of Christian formation. Mm. And so even though this is an Old Testament story, the story of a dysfunctional family featuring, you know, one uh, sort of frustrating, arrogant teenager who becomes something totally different from the end. It is a model of Christian formation. And so the question for us as we read through these, you know, passages, these, these chapters is, how am I being formed into the image of Christ today? What's the, what's the long-term story at work in my life beyond just the moment when I said yes to Jesus? So that's the second storyline that we can think about. And the last storyline I think that, that emerges for us is, 
the storyline of how God works, the storyline of how God works. Now, you know, it's obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious that you miss it. But God works through imperfection. You know, he works through this imperfect, dysfunctional family because there really is no other choice. I mean, we've all read Genesis chapter three. So we know that all families, all people have that same imperfection. And that imperfection is called sin. And even the best families, even the best followers of Jesus, we struggle, as the Apostle Paul said in Romans, we struggle. The things I, I don't want to do, I actually do. And, um, and so, um, but the amazing thing, and, and in a way, the really encouraging thing is God works through our imperfections and in, our, in, in and through our imperfections. And that really is an encouragement. Now, that's not to say, you know, as <laughs> Paul in his question and answer teaching style. So, so should I therefore go and sin so that grace may, may abound all the more? Well, of course not. But we need to take encouragement that even though we are infected by sin and corrupted by sin, and it, and it leads to all kinds of imperfections in our lives. God loves us, and his plan works through those imperfections to accomplish amazing things, as we see at the end of, of Joseph uh, and his life and, and this story of his family. And so maybe the prayer that we can take away from that is to pray, God, how are you working um, in the broken and imperfect areas in my life and in my world. Maybe that's the takeaway and just kind of be thinking about that. You know, I just, you just, uh, you know, maybe the, I guess the last story, there's a fourth storyline in here. It's my story. You know, it's, it's my own story. It's your story, Gail, and the story of all of us who are coming to God's word. That's when it really comes alive. When we're reading these storylines that are embedded in scripture, but we we take our own personal story and we, we merge it in with us. And so how is my story um, tracking with this, being influenced by this, being guided by this? The fourth story is, is my story and your story. And, you know, just one of the ways I've been doing this, I, I, I think I've shared in some of these Encounter with God Together times is that I, one of my patterns is I take a prayer walk at night. So I walk and I pray about different things. And um, I often find myself praying about, oh, this problem and that concern and this burden. And, oh, Lord, you know, this is this is what I pray that you'll do about this. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been praying, Lord, show me where you're at work in this problem, in this frustration, in this burden. And dude, what I've learned is the next day is um, I have to be attentive. Mm. You have to look for where God is at work. And, and what it is, you, when you do that, that's when the prayer comes alive. So it's not just praying about your burden, praying about show me, but you got to go look. You know, the next day when you go into, into life, you look for, for those little signals, those little things that are easy to overlook where God actually is at work. And then you say, oh, yes, yes. 
And so uh, maybe the, the way we can do apply w- what we read in, in Joseph is to just, you know, kind of redouble our efforts to look in our own lives where God is at work and say that I, I, I'm learning to recognize it. You know, a great uh, scripture union friend, Dr. Leighton Ford, who spoke at one of our Encounter with God uh, weekends years ago, wrote a book, The Attentive Life, The Attentive mm. Life. And it's all about this you know, this this way of living where we're attentive to where God is at work uh, and doing things. And that's what makes our prayer. That's what makes life uh, come alive. Anyway, so those are some of the storylines maybe we can look at and look for this week in this really familiar uh, passage of Scripture. Oh, I love that, Whitney. I love your approach to this. And I, I especially like that it's it's not like we, at least here in America, like to see things. It's not a quick fix. It's not an easy answer, but it is this this formation, this journey that you're talking about and and being attentive to what God is doing throughout, not not looking for, you know, the everyday uh, blinding light, but um, with those little glimpses of his work in us. I, I really think that's a good word for us this week. And I'm going to I'm going to take that to heart as well. So thank you again. Uh, you always, you always have uh, a unique and interesting insight and I appreciate it. I'm sure it comes out of those prayer walks that you take. Well, you know, we're all the SU community. We're a group that uh, reflects on, meditates on, meets God in his word. And, and uh, I love to do that. That's great. You are, you are actually a real uh, example of that. So um I do want to note for those who are joining us who have not, you know, don't know what Encounter with God is. It's our, it's our um, quarterly devotional. Looks like this, and uh, you can go through the scripture daily with a way to think about it, apply, just like we were talking about. Good introductions to the books that are coming up. But you can you can read it on our website, which is scrolling at the bottom there. You can subscribe to it to come in your email, or you can get the print version, which I personally prefer uh, to hold in your hands and have with your coffee or tea or whatever your favorite hot hot or cold beverage is in the morning you, or night, um, you can uh, enjoy that. So please go on and, and uh, have a look at that if you haven't already. And for those of you who are already joining us each day, I do pray that uh, this will be a week um, that you really sense and, and feel God's presence with you. Would you just close us out, Whitney? Sure. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this time to look at your word. Lord, I pray that you would prepare us for a new week ahead, a week where we um, look for um, what you're, listen for what you're saying to us in your word, and we look for how you're working in our lives through the week. Lord, help us to see new things Um, in this very familiar um, passage and storyline in Scripture. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon. And um, hope that you have a good, good Thanksgiving if I don't see you before then. Yeah, same to you, Gail. Great to be with you. Yes, thanks. Greetings to your family. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.